Welcome to the CFN Podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I missed hearing that intro. Uh, I am coming to you from South Carolina now. This feels really good. Uh, And I'm staring out my window here looking at, you know, palm trees and uh, parked cars and weird people I don't know in my apartment complex. So (laughs) um, this is special because if you go back and listen to episode one, and just listen to everything all the way through from these past two years, you guys will realize that there's been a lot of negative and a lot of positive. Um, I really won't say that one outweighs the other, but I guess I'm just happy to be here because if you go back and listen to like episode one and, you know, I think four and five and a couple of the the first episodes, probably like within the first six, first six or ten. If you guys listen to the personal ones, not as much the informational ones, like the Bang Energy or the Chocolate Milk one, stuff like that. If you listen to those, you actually see where I am in life at that point in time. And it's actually very interesting. And um, I'm not saying that because I went back and listened to any of them because I don't do that. I don't listen to my own podcast. Uh, I get my point across and that's about it. And I just share the information with you and I let you guys do with it as you please. So that's kind of been my motto. That's kind of been my style. And it just feels really good to have everything set up here in South Carolina and Charleston and being able to bring this back to all of you, wherever you may be. So today, uh, it's kind of a fun one. I think it's fun at least because you know, not just having memories from it, but I think it's really relative to what's going on right now with everyone going back to school, athletes are starting up again with their seasons, and it's just a fun time. It really is. So what better way, uh, (laughs) I can't say without laughing, what better way to start this podcast than with talking about how alcohol affects athletic performance. So before I even say anything else, uh, two things. The first one is I'm only going to be talking about the acute changes. I'm not really going to be talking about, you know, long term and um, going into depth about hangovers and crap like that. Like I'm not doing it. Um, I'm kind of breaking it down by sections. Once I get to it, I'll let you guys know, but I'm kind of breaking it down. You know, what happens when you drink alcohol before you exercise or play a game or whatever, what happens afterwards and how those affect your hormones, your sleep. Uh, protein synthesis, we're going to go over all that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I'm basing most of this information from cited sources from different articles from the NSCA. Uh, That's the National Strength and Conditioning Association between the years of like 2016 and 2018. So it's still pretty relevant. Um, But these are the best articles I found and the best things I picked from these articles. So of course, I'll add my own opinions in like I always do. Come on now. Um, but we'll stick to what I cited and what I picked up and what I feel is really beneficial for anyone, not just athletes, but, you know, we're going to talk about specific training models and stuff like that and how alcohol affects it. So 
without further ado, um, let's go. So the the effects of alcohol on performance varies by a couple of things. It varies by quantity, um, demographics, and you know the type of sport or exercise you're doing. So there's no really special recommendations like, oh, you know, a soccer player or a hockey player should only drink this many beers, right? It's just not it's not feasible. Everyone's just too different. And that's a good thing. So from a sports performance perspective, uh, the acute, which means just like rapid or short short term, sorry, uh, alcohol use can impact basic motor skills, hydration status, performance, and you know, of course, my favorite, the uh, the recovery process. Because if you played high school or college athletics, or maybe, maybe just rec league, like you don't even have to compete. Because um, <laughs> really, beer league and rec league is where you might see it the most anyway. Uh, it really slows down the recovery process, and you can tell when people walk in the locker room, you know, hungover, maybe still drunk, stuff like that, right? So that's what we're going to be focusing on, and we all have, <laughs> I like this because we all have that one friend or teammate, you know, who's that weekend warrior, whether it's right now or back in college, that, you know, somehow still functioned the next day at practice when you really have no idea how it happened, right? Um and we, you kind of just sit there in the locker room and you're like, how is he alive? Or how is she even alive, right? And that's what I love the most because we never really know what's going on inside your body. They just kind of show up, right? They may look like a zombie, but they're still there. Uh, so if you're like me, you have a couple degenerate friends. And when I say degenerate, I'm not going to name names. If they're listening, they know who they are. Not all of them, right? but some of them so we're gonna use them as an example and i mean i love them dearly don't get me wrong they know who they are i don't need to say their names <laughs> but uh i love them dearly but they can never make it through an entire 18 holes without being sober i've seen them do it before but it's probably one out of a hundred times we go golfing that that actually happens right and it may happen for you you might have that group of friends and if you don't know who that is in your group of friends, it's probably you. <laughs> okay, it, it's it's probably you. All right. So, um, I've never really been one to really drink a night before a game or really afterwards. I mean, I've had I've had a drink or so, but it's never really been around athletics because I was that um, fun but stickler captain that, you know, really cared about practices and games, and, you know, I was kind of like that gym class hero, you could say, but um, that's the best way to put it, but yeah, so I don't really have many experiences on my own where I was hungover before practice or a game, so I can't really share my point of view with you guys, but uh, I can pick on my friends. Why? Because they can't stop me, because I'm 10 hours away from home, <laughs> okay? But moving on, uh, I understand that alcohol and sports do go together. I'm never going to disagree with that, and I'm not going to say that I don't like alcohol or drinking. Just because I don't really drink doesn't mean you can't have a good time, and I completely get that, okay? Um, and they go together. Sports and alcohol just go together, right? The common use really is just for relaxation and celebration, right? We would just want to hang out today, Sunday, right? I have I have football on right behind me on the TV, and um, although I think it's the Buccaneers game, I don't give a shit about Tom Brady, but um, we use it to relax, right? We, we grab a beer, we watch the game, we relax, and then alcohol makes us feel relaxed, right? And I'm going to go over that. And we use it for celebration as well, you know? If, if you play beer league sports when you win, 
you you crack a bunch of beers over your face like Stone Cold Steve Austin, or you know if if you've won a championship before and you have that champagne or beers, whatever you do, um, that's usually part of the routine, right? And that's okay. So. Uh, we know the metabolic process through the liver is very complex. I'm not going to explain the entire thing, but it's different for everyone depending on gender, weight, prior nutrition status before you started drinking, and the amount you consume, obviously. You know, obviously, you may have different side effects compared to someone else if you have two beers or, you know, one mixed drink, right? Uh, that's why there's no specific recommendations. And I'm also going to add that I've also seen girls put down beers and drinks and be completely okay, which is, I don't know, to me, kind of scary, <laughs> but it's cool. Uh, so that's exactly why there's no special recommendations, really, because everyone is honestly different. And although I'm mainly focusing on acute usage of alcohol, like that short-term use, uh, chronic use can lead to, you know, difficulty in regulating your own body composition. Uh, there's nutritional dif deficiencies, sorry, because, you know, you lose your appetite and let's say you have beer, right? Uh, those are just empty calories and empty carbs. No matter how much the Michelob Ultra commercials try to persuade you that it's good because you work out or maybe do like CrossFit bullshit, um, it really doesn't help you, okay? That's just a marketing thing. And what beer does is it does have the empty carbs and the empty calories. So you feel filled up and that's where you lose your appetite. So, um, and it also weakens your immune system. Sorry, I should have added that. When you have a weakened immune system, right? When you get sick, uh, you feel really fatigued and everything. You guys know how that feels. So when you have this weakened immune system from alcohol, it does lead to a higher risk of injury, which includes the prolonging healing of injuries. You know, so if you have... If you have some soft tissue injuries, which I'm going to go over later, or, you know, maybe a broken bone, uh, stuff like that, it's going to prolong it because it's it's literally slowing down your immune system for it to function at its highest rate to get you healthier faster. And I hope that makes sense. So the chronic effects, of course, can increase someone's chance of cardiovascular disease, liver disease, and cancer, right? And although you guys may not care because you think it's fun and you can pound a half a case of beer... Um, and I have some friends that can put down bottles of liquor, uh, which is fun to see, but it wasn't fun to take care of them afterwards. <laughs> so it's just, it just, it's what you take it for. Um, and it just, you have, you just have to take everything into consideration. So let's talk about what happens when you're drinking before exercise. That's the one I want to go over first. Okay. So Here's me flipping my pages of my notes here. Sorry if you can hear it. Anyway, so before exercise, some people ask, so so why will my why will my motor skills suffer if I have a drink before practice at the gym? And through the studies, like this isn't very common. Like I I honestly don't know one person that feels like cracking a beer open or making a mix mixed drink before they have to go lift or run. Or anything like that. Of course, the night before, the night before doesn't count. I'm talking about like a couple hours before or an hour before or less. That's what I'm talking about. We're staying with the acute range, the short term, the rapid. That's what we're talking about. So um, let's look at this as a nutrition standpoint. So some of you guys will understand this better. Okay. So the more protein you eat, right, the more your muscles become larger. Okay. It's very simple. 
Of course, you know, you have to pair that with correct training and everything like that. But when it comes to nutrition, the more protein you eat, the better chances you have of building muscle. So you increase protein, you increase muscle percentage, right? Right. So the more alcohol you consume, the higher your blood alcohol concentration will get. It increases. Both of them increases, just like protein and muscle content. Same goes for alcohol and blood alcohol concentration. Okay, so the more you drink, the higher your blood alcohol concentration goes. Once your body senses blood alcohol concentrations beginning to rise, the acute effects begin immediately. Okay, these are decreased, well, well included with these uh, acute effects, I should say, is decreased motor skills, coordination, right, delayed reactions, skewed judgment, right? We all feel like heroes and we want to, you know, jump off roofs and do dumb shit. And, you know, of course my favorite, impaired balance. And why is that my favorite? Well, let me tell you guys something. You've all probably been to a college party or a club or somewhere, right? A bar. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. It's more fun when you see it in college um, because people are more dumb, but it still happens in general public after that. So it's my favorite because... Who doesn't love a girl losing a fight to a flat surface, right? Or an elevated surface, I should say. Or both. Who doesn't love that, right? And I and I hate to seem mean. And the same happens for guys, too. I'm not going to pick on the girls here. The same happens for guys, and I've seen it happen. But, you know, girls, when they have the heels on, they're drunk, they're balanced, their coordination is off, their, their skewed judgment is off, right? They don't care. Um, and we've all seen the videos on Barstool and, you know, Instagram and stuff of girls, you know, losing fights to elevated surfaces. We get it. And it's funny. It really is. But that's what happens. So, like, I'm just telling you guys scientifically what happens when you watch these videos from Barstool or anything like that. Okay? All of these actions are caused by a depressed and a relaxed nervous system. That's what alcohol does. It's a depressant. You've heard that before right? Things are depressants, things are antidepressants, stuff like that. So alcohol is a depressant, which relaxes your nervous system. And when your nervous system is relaxed, these things happen. Skewed judgment, delayed reactions, uh, decreased coordination, and decreased motor skills, okay? That's just the general things that happen. If you think all of these acute changes increase the risk of injury, you would you'd be correct, that's what happens, okay? So whether it's anaerobic training, which is like strength training or sprints, stuff like that, small intervals, but a lot of power and strength, right? That's anaerobic. The acute effects are still similar, okay? Between that and endurance training, th there's no difference, okay? There's little research on any benefits whatsoever of alcohol, you know, helping you during workouts, I should say. I couldn't even find anything on it. And everything that I did find, it was more psychological. Like, I know players back in the day used to, you know, like MJ, Michael Jordan used to smoke cigars and stuff. Like, that That was more of a psychological thing. There's no actual health benefits to even doing that shit, okay? There's just not. There's not enough research, and it's just, it's, it's not, I don't know the word for it. Um, it's just not real, I guess. It's not that it's not real, but... I don't know. I can't find the word for it. Moving on. So with endurance training, the citric acid cycle is affected, which this inhibits glucogenesis. All right. And most of you guys have either heard the word in eighth grade biology 
or you still study it, right? It's glucose. It's the, the literally basic form of energy, okay? It's just a sugar, a carb. That's what glucose is. So with gluconeogenesis, which is part of the citric acid cycle, which I believe is called the Krebs cycle, um, if I'm correct, uh, the metabolic it's, it's a metabolic process where glucose is generated and used for energy during like running like long distances and stuff like that. So it sounds important, right? It's because it is. And when alcohol affects this citric acid cycle and glucogenesis, what happens? You don't last as long during your runs. You, you can't finish your training sessions. Some of us have experienced this before. Okay, and it only gets worse. <laughs> I hate to say that, but the more I talk about this, the more it kind of gets worse. Okay, so uh, that's really before exercise. That's that's literally hours before, maybe the morning of stuff like that. Okay, I'm not talking about the night before. That's what we're getting to right now. So after exercise, let's say you leave the gym at like four in the afternoon. You're getting ready to go out on a Friday night. We all we all have done it. Uh, we've all had our own experiences, not me really, because I was a DD most of the time, and my pregame was a cup of coffee, because I knew my ass would be up at, or not up at, but up until like 2 or 3 a.m., you know, making sure people got home safe, so I was, I was that guy, and that's why my friends call me dad, okay, just a quick backstory, so after exercise, it's, it's a more likely scenario to conduct research on because most people do it this way. Does that make sense? So instead of before exercise, because no one really does that, people aren't dumb, okay? And if you do do that, well, I feel sorry for you. But after exercise, it's a more likely scenario that this happens. So in case you didn't know, the basics of recovery are to replenish glycogen, stimulate protein synthesis, and just restore your fluids, okay? You need to have quick digesting carbs, all right, you need to have that protein. That's why a lot of people go for protein shakes right afterwards. Um, and you need to have high glycemic carbs, right? Something that can digest really quickly and really replace those uh, glycogen levels fast. That's why you see people snacking on like gummy bears and stuff like that in the gym or right after. Okay, that's what they're doing. Just a quick, you know, summary. So, Although one of the top three recovery practices is restoring fluid balance, you know, you sweat all those electrolytes out, everything like that, you need to replace that. So from what you lost from sweat, any alcoholic drink above 4% alcohol really can increase your urine output. We've all experienced this, right? That's why we call it breaking the seal and then gradually, well, and then gradually it slows down the recovery process because you're in a more dehydrated state than you were after exercise when you didn't even replace the fluids in the first place so now your 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 dehydrated state is going from when you stopped practicing at like 5 p.m you didn't drink any water and now you're going out with your friends at 9 30 10 o'clock like in that five hour time window you didn't replace anything and now guess what you're doing you're filling it with alcohol okay this is where it really gets bad all right that's what they're talking about so when we have to pee all the time and break the seal, as we call it, that's what happens. So you're actually, instead of thinking you're hydrated and you keep peeing and, oh my God, you know, I'm hydrated, guys, you're actually dehydrating yourself, okay? That's what's actually happening. That's why when you wake up in the morning, your mouth feels like sandpaper and you want to die, <laughs> okay? That's it. So the studies have deemed beer is a, a post-workout drink because it contains carbs and electrolytes for recovery. 
That's what these commercials do to you guys, okay? Especially Michelob Ultra and, you know, Miller Lite, things like that, right? They only have, what, two carbs in them that they market? But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's still empty calories. And most of these light beers that the, the fitness industry does market is good post-workout drinks, let's say, whatever the hell that means. Um, they still have like roughly 100 calories in all of them. So let's say you're a guy that can put down like 10 beers. Do the math. Just do the math. That's so many calories. And that's why we end up getting beer guts, right? That's what happens. So uh, a correct step-by-step process for kickstarting recovery would be sports drinks with sodium. You know, like Gatorade Zero. None of the stuff with like a lot of sugar in it. Because uh, those are where the electrolytes are coming from. Okay? Okay. Uh, and this is before consuming alcohol. So let's say you have practice at 5 p.m. and you, or you're done at 5 p.m. and you go back to your apartment or your dorm room or house, whatever, uh, and you start, you want to start drinking. Do this first, okay? So consume sports drinks while you're practicing with sodium to replace electrolytes. Then you got to pound water, okay? So consume water with salty foods. And let me tell you guys something, and this is interesting, and this is what happens to all of us basically. That's why we, we wake up and we crave junk food and we crave those McDonald's burgers, uh, burgers and the Wendy's burgers and um, all the garbage like fried foods that are really salty because you didn't replace those electrolytes earlier in the day. So now your body's really craving them times 100 and that's why we always crave the salty, disgusting food in the mornings for hangovers and that's why you guys always feel better afterwards. That's what happens, okay? So... Uh, we want to consume water with at least some salty foods that are fast digesting right after exercise, then you eat a good meal afterwards. I'm not going to go into all that nutrition stuff. We're going to keep it on topic here. If you skip post-workout meals that are crucial for glycogenesis, which is just replacing glycogen, okay, and muscle protein synthesis, and replace them with alcohol instead, this means you're not really eating anything whatsoever, uh, this can inhibit muscle growth and repair. That's why we feel fatigued. That's why you feel like you're not recovering fast enough. And that's probably why you feel like shit the next day of practice. Sorry, I'm just making it real. This leads to a long-term battle for anyone to achieve desired muscular adaptations for really hypertrophy or strength. Like that's what it is. So if you're an anaerobic athlete, um, not as much soccer, but football, hockey, baseball, basketball, uh, sports like that, this is where it comes in with hypertrophy and strength, okay? So that's what happens after exercise, right? Just going to keep it short and sweet for you guys. Let's talk about sleep, injuries, and hormones, okay? This is where alcohol affects them. Let's start with sleep, all right? You may think, well, you know, it helps me sleep, right? Why? Because I told you earlier that alcohol is a depressant. It helps you feel relaxed. It puts you to sleep. And to some people, if I'm talking right now, they might see it as, hey, passing out, right? Uh, that's just because your blood toxicity level is just ridiculous. And yeah, your body just shuts down. Anyway, alcohol has been shown to disrupt sleep patterns, although it may help you fall asleep. So you're not getting quality sleep, okay? So on top of going to bed late, if you're out with your friends till 2, 3 a.m., both of these hinder your sleep quality, which really is essential for recovery. How important is sleep, guys? You're, you know, your, your coaches, uh, your mentors, your parents, they tell you all the time that sleep is one of the most important things for recovery. And it is because your body needs time. That's what it needs, okay? So with injuries, 
when an athlete suffers a soft tissue injury, uh, the body automatically creates an inflammatory response, right? It automatically sends the signals saying, hey, dude, something happened and it's not good. All right, so we got to start the recovery process. What happens when you introduce alcohol into that process? It limits the response due to an increase in anti-inflammatory molecules. Then what it does is it decreases in pro-inflammatory molecules. So the pro-inflammatory molecules that your body is trying to send to the injury to help it heal, alcohol decreases that, okay? And it increases the anti-inflammatory molecules, which are bad. Okay, and I know you guys may be thinking it's the other way around. That's just how it's worded within the texts, okay, and the sites. I understand that you guys might take anti-inflammatory drugs or, you know, ibuprofen, stuff like that. It's just worded differently when you read the articles for it, all right? So the pro-inflammatory molecules that we need are like the good molecules you need to start recovering. I hope that makes sense. So in conclusion... Uh, it slows down the rate of recovery and prolongs the process. That's just what it does, okay? Now, with hormones, let's talk about two here, okay? These are the two that are affected the most. There's cortisol and testosterone. And let me just be clear, it's not cortisone that the shots you guys get maybe in your shoulders, your knees, whatever, for pain. That's not what it is. Cortisol stimulates protein breakdown, which is not good, Okay? Testosterone increases the protein th synthesis cycle to speed up muscle recovery. So that's good. All right. Now, let's throw alcohol in. So the studies from the NSCA have shown that intake of high doses of alcohol decreased the testosterone to cortisol ratio. And that ratio is just that healthy balance between, you know, tip. it's kind of like tipping a scale you know, between protein breakdown, which isn't good, and then, you know, building up the protein synthesis with testosterone, which is really good, okay? So it decreases that ratio. So it tips it more towards the cortisol uh, side, which decreases the muscle, or it stimulates the protein breakdown, okay? And it increases the cortisol level. So it actually makes it a lot worse, all right? So what, right? This slows down the adaptive process of long-term training, which means you will never reach your goals, you will never get stronger, you'll probably never, you know, be able to do the things you want to do, all right, long-term. That's what we're thinking as, all right? So I'm going to keep it short today. We're at about 26 minutes right now or 28 minutes. I'm, that's included with the intro I'm going to put in, um, but... I hope you guys took something away from this. If you're an athlete right now in college or high school, maybe I know I did a lot of like my drinking and shit in high school. So I got it out of the way, <laughs> but, um, that's just, that's, that's what happens. All right. Those are just the acute things. Maybe another time I'll do a long-term effective one, but I did state the long-term chronic effects of alcohol earlier in the podcast. I hope you guys took notes of those and that's just explaining what happens to your body when you do these kind of things. Okay, short, sweet, kept it to the point. Um, I also want to take a minute here and say thank you uh, for your guys' support. The people who have reached out to me um, during this move and taking this job, I understand to some of you that have checked in with me that have told me, um, it kind of feels like I just packed up and left. And it feels that way because we were in quarantine, right? You know, we didn't get to see each other anyway and everyone was locked in their houses and all that bullshit, right? 
I know it feels like for some of my friends that I just packed up and left. I get that, okay? But it's something that, you know, I needed to do because God put me here and he gave me that opportunity and so did the wonderful staff at O2 Fitness, okay? I don't want to harp on it too much, but I, I have a platform here to say thank you to all of you that continually listen to these episodes. And if you're still listening by now, um, I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate you if you're listening to this in your car, in your headphones, you know, uh, killing time doesn't matter. The fact that you're taking time out of your day to listen to me and hopefully gaining some sort of knowledge out of this stuff, um, it means the world to me and I love you unconditionally. So thank you so much. And it's, it's, it's scary and it's beautiful moving to a different place. Let me just say that, especially when you're alone. And I really do miss my friends and my family, but one thing that always brings me back down to earth and helps me realize why I'm here is because God put me here. And if you don't believe in God, that's great. Just say the universe. All right. doesn't matter. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Thank you so much. And I will see you on the next episode. Sorry. This was fun. Have an awesome day, guys. Thanks.